Welcome to Victory Watchers. Tonight it's Friday Night Prophecy and Io from Amitsu Study will join us as we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. That is next on Victory Watchers. So stay tuned. And it's going to be a great night, everyone. You're going to want to hear what God is doing. It is so awesome. There he is. We'll wait for Io to join us. And invite a friend. Invite a loved one. And to my mom, Renata, who is listening to this, I love you. May the peace of the Lord be upon you. We're also going to say a quick shout out to those in Ireland and around the world uh, who are listening in and on the podcast forum. It's been a real amazing thing to see how many different countries are listening in on the podcast. And we uh, really welcome you if you're listening in. And uh, we want to remind everyone that you can listen to the replay of this broadcast here on Instagram. You can also listen to it on podcast form. And more importantly, you can check out the notes on Telegram. Uh, either there on Telegram or you can go to FigTreeWatchers.com and you can see all the content right up there. And so it's a really cool thing. Well, I think Brother Io just joined us and uh, I'm going to bring him on. Oh, he has not joined us yet. Okay. We'll give it a couple more minutes. And how's everyone's week doing? It's Friday, right? And a Sunday's a coming. The Lord is coming soon. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. Then when we get to rejoice that the Lord is coming. I'm so excited. And uh, if you guys believe on Jesus and know him as your personal savior, you have the hope of his great return that is coming. So keep your joy. Keep your happiness in the Lord. Keep it strong by giving thanks and rejoicing always. Again, I say rejoice, for the Lord Jesus is coming soon, and we have that great hope. All right, there he is. Hey, Ava, it's good to see you, Monique. All right, what's going on? Hey, everyone. Good evening, good morning, good night. Good, good everything. Yes, to all the way around the world. Yeah, because we have people from all the way. I was surprised. It, was just, it just reminds me of the time when you're like, oh, you know, get your coffee. And I'm like, coffee? And you're like, yeah, there's some people, you know, who are watching this in the morning right now. So, right. Yeah. Right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Sister Tori in Ireland is nine hours ahead. So if she's mm-hmm. up at 5 a.m., she's watching this right now. So yeah. pretty cool. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's it's an exciting time. Wow, this is a good group. We got a great group tonight. Yeah, we do. I want you quickly lead us in prayer, and then we'll get started. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's start, guys. So, Father, I just want to thank you first for this amazing opportunity you've given all of us. First of all, for Brother Stefan and I to uh, gather together like this to talk about Bible prophecy. Uh, we thank you that we have your word to even go through because many people around the world, many believers. 
um, can only dream of having a, a Bible or online Bible, but we have the opportunity right now. We're not taking it for granted, Lord. Uh, so you just pray for your spirit to move tonight, uh, that for us believers who are listening to this or after the fact, uh, we just ask that this is encouraging. Uh, we know that Bible prophecy is not meant to scare us, but meant to prepare us and keep our minds on things that are coming, such as your return, Lord, such as um, ruling and reign with you once you return back to the earth. Just amazing things that we can look forward to. And for belie unbelievers who may be watching or listening to this after the fact, Lord, we just pray that your spirit moves, uh, that you convict them of their need to be saved, to believe on your son for their salvation, Lord, and that you use this uh, as your will um, dictates, Lord, you use this uh, to just convict them even further for that. So we just pray that you use this, Lord, that this is a blessing to everyone, and that you use Brother Stefan and I to deliver the message you want delivered tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, we got a lot of stuff to go over uh, tonight, and uh, it's going to be kind of a full night uh, because we got a lot of things that we want to discuss. Um, why don't you get us right off to the bat and, and uh, guess where you want to go? Yeah, I mean, usually we, we, you know, try to start light, but I mean, uh, there's there's a lot going on. Obviously, Ukraine, Russia in the background, but what I keep telling people is, hey, while Ukraine, Russia is going on, as important as that is, there's still a lot going on in the background that might not be reported as much as Ukraine, Russia. I mean, I'm just looking over my list right now. Globalism, right? There's a globalist globalism forum. Um, I was talking to Brother Stefan about earlier, and I was just laughing because I'll just read the headline, but I'll, I'll go to this later. Harbinger's Daily. Um, globalist Summit asked if we are ready for a new world leader. So in this Globalist Summit they had in Dubai, their like catchphrase or headline for the whole summit was literally, we are ready, or the question, are we ready for a new world order? So they're not even hiding that anymore. They're just out in the forefront saying, hey, this new world order thing, we have to get, you know, different governments around the world together to bring in this global, uh, global governing system. And it's just, it's just mind boggling. It's, it kind of cracks me up. It's not funny. It just cracks me up in the sense that they're not hiding anymore. This is what the Bible said. This is what we believers have been saying for a long time now. Uh, I think I'll just start with the food shortages. Um, we also have news from the Middle East. And Bro Stefano will be focusing a lot on the Middle East right now, what's going on in Iran. Um, the recent terrorist attacks, false Muslim prophecy, quote unquote. We'll be getting into that. Uh, but just start just the food shortages because that's what we've been talking about for over a year now, I feel like, and how, you know, how this relates to Bible prophecy. So from the independence, world's food supply faces disaster upon catastrophe because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So I want to, I just want to say something because we've been talking about this again for probably over a year now. Some of you guys might be like, oh, we, you know, brother Io, brother Spon, we've heard about this already so many times. Why do you guys keep talking about this? Well, because for a lot of us, maybe we might not really be feeling the pain of the so-called food shortages now. <laughs> but I mean, there a lot of these articles reading, they're projecting out towards the end of 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, some of I us are feeling the, the pain. I'm yeah. feeling the pain. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I don't want to minimize that either because some of us are. But people in California people... at the poor end of the scale, we're feeling the pain, hardcore. No, California has a bad, it's, yeah, it's bad. I live in Minnesota and we still kind of have a light, but. Yeah, a lot of these projections are toward, you know, end of 2022, 2023, where they're saying that, man, this is going to be catastrophic. It's going to be crazy. And we see the Bible talk about these things that are going to come, and we're seeing this set up for it already. So that's what we're talking about. That's why it's important 
to talk about. And we also want you guys to be prepared, right? And we've discussed that at length as well. Uh, so this article, again, from The Independent, says top feminine hunger experts have warned that millions of people around the world could face catastrophic or catastrophe as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the threat to one of the world's most crucial global breadbaskets. Already know that about Russia and Ukraine. Um, officials at the United Nations World Food Program already warned up 45 or up to 44 million people spread across the eight nations were on the edge of famine before this conflict. And they basically say that what is going on now is that this conflict is exasperating that, right? Obviously, COVID had to do with that as well. Another article here, which is a kind of a different um, angle on this issue, is China. They, uh, recently, they've been having some COVID um, resurgence, so new numbers of COVID, new infections, and they're locking things down. And now there's people saying that, well, that's going to affect the global supply chain as well. So from Zero Hedge, how China's COVID lockdowns could disrupt global supply as China continues to struggle with its worst COVID outbreak since the virus first emerged in Wuhan more than two years ago, one of the biggest questions on the minds of American companies is how badly the lock lock lockdowns ordered by the CCP will disrupt production in the country's factories, which form a critical link in the global supply chain. So essentially just one thing after another, after another. And obviously, you know, we, we always go to the scripture. Why, why do we care about this? Well, in Revelation 6, um, it talks about the third seal. Um, Revelation 6, 5, 6, when you open the third seal, I heard the living, uh, third living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a black horse, and he was sounded, a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quarter of wheat for Daenerys and three quarts of barley for Daenerys and do not harm the oil and the wine. So I know we have some new time listeners, people who aren't familiar about prophecy. Although Brother Stefan and I talk about this a lot, we also want to, you know, every now and then kind of lay some background, go back to the foundation. So what this is referring to is this, this future time period the Bible talks about, which will be the worst period of time on the earth, the tribulation. It'll be seven years. And the book of Revelation just dictates to us seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and seven bowl judgments that God will pour out on the earth at this time. The church will be raptured up before this, so we won't be a part of it. But these judgments will be experienced by those left. And one of those judgments is this third seal where there'll be widespread famine, widespread scarcity of food. And it's interesting to note that they keep on, it says wheat, a quart of wheat for Daenerys and three quarts of barley for Daenerys. Other translations render that for a loaf of bread for a day's wages. Just talks about hyperinflation, scarcity, famine. And we're already seeing that being set up right now. We're seeing the shadows of these tribulation events right now. And that just shows us how close we are to that time period. Yeah, it's, it is horrific. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you something else. And, and this is something that is coming. Most of these shortages that are coming about are coming about not because of poor financial decisions, although that is a major portion of it. It's also coming about because of sin. It's the judgment. It's leading to the seals being opened up. The judgment that Jesus opens up, right? Um, I, I want to give you an example of one of the great sins that, that we have. Look, the argument used to be, the argument used to be, it's a woman's choice for abortion. Um, you need to allow her if if it's it's for a dire reason. She needs to have an abortion, and that argument, although I disagreed with it. 
that was kind of like there was this this understanding that abortion was really something that wasn't to be celebrated. Now, um, in Alexandria, um, Virginia, the city council wanted to put up, and this is a very liberal city, a, an abortion appreciation day in which they would have on March 10th, people would celebrate abortion throughout the city. Now, this is a liberal city in Virginia. It went highly for Biden. You know what's ironic about it? The city people protested against it. They told the city wow. council, we want to have this kind of day. Yeah. We don't have it. So this is a city that's not very, you know, right wing. It's a left wing city. And they went against their city council and that's said, good. we don't want this. And finally, the city council said, okay, we're dropping it. We're taking it off the docket. Mm -hmm. um, because... This could have been horrific, but think about this. This proclamation was so controversial that, that than any proclamation should be. It was a celebration, according to the mayor, to sacrifice children. How evil, how evil, right? Yeah. And um, th this is one of those reasons why we're seeing God's judgment coming on the land. We're seeing evil in every aspect of the world, not just rumors of wars, but we're seeing pure evil being done. And we're seeing it. We talked all week long this week uh, here on Fig Tree Watchers about um, the oppression of wickedness on, on an individual and how constantly hearing and seeing evil, we are being tormented day to day, just like a lot of people. And, yeah. and so we talked about all the things, the tools that God gives us in overcoming that oppression and overcoming that tormenting of the soul, what we can do. And I recommend if you are just listening here on Friday Night Prophecy, uh, you can go back and listen to um, this week's discussions on the podcast, and, and it will hopefully help you in your prayer life and help you in your walk to overcome the oppression that Satan is throwing at us. Yeah. And so this is a good thing um, that that we have in Christ, that he has given us the tools to overcome. Uh, we are more than conquerors, Paul writes in Romans. So we need to remember that. And, and I don't want to get too much off topic, but I want to just state that. No, that's good. That's good. Oh, we had a question here and keep the questions coming, guys. Um, we love to answer them. Cody asks, but what exactly is the law on the line? Uh, what he's referring to there is just part of what we read in Revelation 6, 5 to 6, where it says a quarter of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. Um, there's different thoughts about that. I think one thought that, that I kind of lean more towards is that the oil and the wine kind of represents the luxury items. That essentially what's going to happen is that although uh, this global famine, global uh, inflation will you know, come across the world, um, these luxury items won't be affected. Like maybe the elite won't be affected, something like that. Um, so that's kind of the, I guess, some of the thought process I see there. Um, it's definitely worth a deeper study, but that's kind of the understanding I get. Do not harm the oil and the wine. So these kind of commodities here won't be affected while everything else, the basic necessities, will be affected. The the other the other theory on that, and I just want to share it, um, mm. because I can go either way. I, I yeah. made up my mind on it, um, is that the oil and the wine represent um, the tribulation saints who are under the communion of Christ, the, the, the blood. Uh, remember, Jesus is soaked in, his robe is soaked in, in, the, in wine, which represents the blood. 
Um, and in the oil is the Holy Spirit. So the tribulation saints who are coming to Christ, God is saying, don't stop the oil and the wine. He's giving, a, he's giving you a, 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 a spiritual thing. You are facing the physical pain. So God is saying, I'm not going to remove myself from those who are the saints in the tribulation. I'm going to be with them as they are suffering. I will be with them. Don't remove that which covers them during the tribulation. And I think that that's a, a really good analogy too. Like I said, you could go either way. And uh, I think you're going to be correct on both sides of it. Interesting. Yeah, I've never heard of that one either. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so good. just going forward. So that was on the food crisis. It's going to, again, it's going to be a topic we're going to be discussing a lot now. Um, but now moving on to more, uh, so globalism. So again, just mentioned that, you know, just touched on it quickly. Uh, but there is a global summit in Dubai concerning global governance. They talked about many things, you know, uh, climate change and um, gender equality and things like this and digital currency. So the digital currency was another interesting one because we talked about that a lot. And they're basically meaning that, hey, we want to go from this cashless system to this new digital currency system. We've been talking about that for a long time. Interesting that, again, they're, they're so close to, at least they perceive they're so close to their goal that they're so open about this. Five, 10 years ago, if you told people, oh, there's a coming cashless system, you would have been called a conspiracy theorist. But now these people are saying it you know, out loud. Um, so yeah, let me just read this Breitbart. Klaus Schwab tells global leaders to collaborate for, the, for world governance. So if you guys don't know, uh, we've discussed Klaus Schwab a lot. He's the executive chairman and founder of the World Economic Forum. That's this same guy. That's the same forum that's been saying, hey, we need a global reset. We need a great reset for the past two years. That's that person, right? Um, so the article says the time has come for world governments to unite as one and tackle global problems such as climate change, trade, and economic disruption without hindrance or delay. World Economic Forum founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab announced Wednesday. Schwab, who called on policymakers for a great reset during the coronavirus pandemic, said the fourth industrial revolution has arrived and enduring change is on the way. He outlined the impact of the fourth industrial revolution, accelerates global change in a much more comprehensive and faster way, and previous industrial revolutions. Despite all the challenges, we have to uphold the responsibility we have towards the next generation through, through collaborations on a national and global level. Our futures are intrinsically connected and that requires collaborative responses. So for you guys who don't know, the fourth industrial revolution, just a buzzword, a part of it for you know transhumanism. So when they push this thing, Klaus Schwab is really big on transhumanism connecting biological systems with technology that's that's transhumanism so yeah so that's part of uh what they what they're discussing there okay um, at the same time that we're seeing the globalist thing right mm -hmm. romans 118 reminds us that the wrath of god is revealed from heaven for all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth so we're seeing the globalist agenda going we're seeing the, the economic system but now it's also the suppression of truth. Remember the Holy Spirit in John chapter 16, Jesus said he comes to guide us to all truth, right? But they're suppressing truth. Um, this week, um, a very interesting thing came out that the Supreme Court um, is really being declared out of order by the American left. They have plummeted 
from truth, facts, and yes, even science. So the left, which accuses the right of being science deniers, is actually the biggest science denying group. They are yeah. removing facts, they're punishing people for providing facts, and they're censoring the truth. And so we are now living in a time when the suppression of truth in unrighteousness, the wicked intention to suppress the truth, is taking place. So at any moment, the wrath of God is going to be revealed. What? Through the seals and then the trumpets and then the bowls. Um, and we're going to see all that. That's coming. But first, Jesus has to gather his church together and remove us out of the way so that the Antichrist can be revealed. And that's something that we need to focus on. But we are at that moment when there is no truth in the world. We're coming to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really been persecuted. And that's that's another big drive of these guys is to, you know, um, they, they kind of talk about like internet, like how do we deal with the quote unquote misinformation and disinformation going on, on the internet. Now, you know, there are some false things on the internet, sure, but mainly what they talk about when they use those buzzwords, misinformation, disinformation, they're talking about the truth that they want to censor, right? Right. And we always go back to this, Matthew 24, when the disciples asked Jesus concerning the signs of his coming and the end of the age, the first thing Jesus says is, do not be deceived, right? right. Um, so they're, they're switching truth for a lie. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, it's, this is getting, getting more and more, we're starting to see it, where, I mean, even a Supreme Court justice can't even identify yeah. gender or talk about why she's let pedophilers out. And by the way, I think the, the, the horrific part of the investigation into the Supreme Court justice is that she has the worst record in the history of judges on allowing 60% of, of her, her criminals, lowering the sentence on 60% of them uh, and uh, allowing them just three months at a time or two months, very small sentences for their horrific act of child abuse and per child pornography. Yeah, so it just, it definitely goes to show where we are in society. Um, and Romans 1 discussed that as well. You know, once we start doing these things, eventually, you know, the last phase of, you know, judgments of God kind of giving us over is that he just kind of gives over to depraved mind. We're seeing that where Biden goes out of his way to, you know, recommend this, you know, um, person of color, you know, black woman, and she goes up there and, you know, she's asked, oh, you know, what's the definition of woman? And her being a woman can't, <laughs> she couldn't give the answer to being, to what a woman was. She said, oh, I, I, I don't know. Um, and I'm not a biologist. And there's, you know, there's been a plethora of memes like, oh, you know, is it raining? I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. <laughs> you know, just, just the craziest thing. But what's interesting that people point out to our statement that I don't know, I'm not a biologist is that she admits that gender is a thing rooted in biology, right? So she admits that whether she knew that or not, which con goes contrary to what the left says that, oh no, gender is not about biology and just, you know, be whatever and there's a hundred plus genders. Uh, so it's just contradictory thing. At the same time, you're saying that, oh, well, you don't know male, female, you don't know how to define them. But you're also low key saying that, well, it's a biological thing and you need to know biology to know what it is. Um, so, yeah. All right, well, why don't we move a little bit towards what's going on in the Middle East? Because I think, um, we're already almost halfway done tonight. Yeah. I think we need to get on to some of the meat and potatoes here. Um, we, we've got quite a bit of stuff to discuss here. And let's just start off 
first off, there are, are two interesting <clears throat> prophecies, quote unquote, and I, I say that because they're not biblical prophecies. They're man-made prophecies. So we take them with a grain of salt as Christians because we only believe prophecies that come out of the Bible. One is out of the Talmud. Uh, it's a prophecy that um, uh, is interesting because they are saying that that it reveals the Russian-Ukrainian war indicates the Messiah's arrival as early as 2022. Um, and they use the verse 30, uh, Ezekiel 38.2 to, to argue this. A mortal turn um, uh, your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, prophesy against him. Now that's a, a scripture verse. We understand that. But the Talmud um, gives kind of a, a weird definition of what this means. Mm. Uh, and they apply it to the number seven uh, in a misconstrued manner. Um, so let's talk about this, Io. How do we know that a prophecy that's like this is not a prophecy of God, but a prophecy of man's own uh, divination um, and witchcraft? How do we know this? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the, the first place to start as Christians is that Islam is a false religion. And, you know, saying that, well, you know, oh, man, you know, if an unbeliever hears this, they're going to, like, riot. Um, that's politically incorrect. But it's just true, right? As believers, we start off on the basis knowing that the Quran is false. Islam well, this, is a false religion. This is out of the the the, the writings of of uh, that Jesus criticized, the Talmud, the Jewish writings. Oh, the Jewish writings. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah, about the Islamic prophecy. Yeah. I brought up this one first, and then we'll go to the other one second because there's two of them, oh, right? Okay. Okay. So they're they're actually saying this is the Jewish writings of the Talmud, uh, the sayings that mm. Jesus actually criticized. He said you don't gotcha. even you're following oral tradition; you're not following the law. So sorry for confusing you on that. Oh no, no, sorry. No, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So you have a so yeah, I understand what you're saying there. Yeah. So how we know, you know, we have to be careful with those kind of things. That's not trustworthy. Is that the Bible already has, you know, set things to follow. Right? We know God's word is God breathed. It's it's um, it's reliable. It's authoritative in every every area of our lives as believers. So when these kind of things come, the Talmud, which are just oral traditions, they they say, and there's a lot of you know Messianic Jews that debunk that, by the way. So it's not even true. Uh, when they talk about these prophecies, I for one, when I hear about oh people say this prophecy, that prophecy, I go to Deuteronomy. Um, I forgot the exact chapter. There's a passage in Deuteronomy where uh, the Lord brings the Jews to their land and he talks about how, hey, if anyone does a divination or a sign and says, let's follow after God. So if anyone says, hey, you know, there's this prophecy, how do you know they're a false prophet? And the way to test that is if they said this is from the Lord and it hasn't happened, then you can know they're a false prophet and you can take them out of the land or steal them, etc. So part of what I'd say for a person is, hey, look at the track record of the Talmud. We know that it's man-made. It's not inspired like God's word. What's the track record of other prophecies? Because they have other prophecies there that haven't come true either. So that's just one easy test to do. What prophecies have they done? What have they said has come true? Test that. You'll find it's false. Therefore, you don't have to, you don't have any basis to trust what they're saying will happen, right? So that's one thing that I'll say. One of the important things I always go to is that the most important prophecy, the Messiah coming, they missed it on Jesus in the oral traditions of the Talmud. They missed it completely. And so they did not believe, and that's why Jesus criticized them uh, for believing in the oral traditions when they should have been looking at the law of Moses. 
And he said, you err because you don't know the scriptures, nor do you know the power of God. Um, because they'd put their faith in oral traditions and not in God or in the scripture itself. Yeah. So I think that's one of the, the other things. Okay, let's look at the other prophecy, which I want you to go in more detail on. And this sure. is the Islamic one um, that is out there. And this has a major implement, implication on what's going on right now with Israel. So let's, let's go into that one first. Next. Yeah. Yeah, this one is pretty deep, um, but we can only touch about it a little bit. But in terms of what this Islamic prophecy is, and and to kind of um, piggyback off what I was saying last time, you know, how we know this is false to start off with is we know Islam is a false religion, the Quran is false, so we shouldn't even take this face value. Um, but what is this prophecy anyways? Israel 365 News says recent Arab terror war coincides with Muslim prophecy of Israel's doom. We'll go into kind of what is kind of ramping up due to this. We just kind of want to give you background on this quote-unquote Muslim prophecy because it's important to talk about this because this is what is being used by Muslims, by Iran, by Hamas, by Hezbollah to perpetuate these attacks and plan other things coming up in Ramadan. So what this article says this week, five terrorist attacks claimed the lives of 11 Israelis. Some experts believe that this violence results from Muslim prophecies circulating for 25 years. So this has been a long time coming, actually. And with 20, Ramadan beginning, yeah? 25 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with Ramadan beginning- 2,000 years of biblical prophecy. Yeah, that's another thing to consider as well. 3,500. And, Ram and Ramadan beginning Saturday night, this violence is for many reasons expected to even get worse. So on Wednesday night, they, they talk about, you know, these terrorist attacks that happened. And again, it's important to talk about this because these attacks were influenced based on this prophecy. So on Wednesday night, a Palestinian terrorist murdered four, Israeli, is, uh, four Israelis in B'nai Brak. Just two days earlier, two Israeli Arab terrorists murdered two 19-year-old border police officers. And they go on. So here's the prophecy, the background prophecy, though. They said in 1997, Sheikh Bassam Jarar, a Hamas-affiliated Palestinian scholar, Hamas is a terrorist organization in the Gaza Strip, wrote Israel's disappearance in 2022, Quran prophecy or numerical coincidence. In the book, Gerar interpreted a section of the Quran known as the Surah al-Isra, which stated that the Jews corrupted the land twice. Gerar interpreted this to mean that Jews corrupted Medina in the time of Muhammad and would come to corrupt Jerusalem in the current days now it gets weird. Using the Arabic numerology known as Hisab al-Jamal, Gerar inspected the appearances of the Quran of number 19. So there's a number here they're looking at to make these interpretations. So he inspected number 19, a significant number in Islam. Ironically, he cites a legend or prophecy he attributed to an old Jewish woman from Tiberias who, before the state was established, predicted Israel would exist for 76 years. So based on his calculations, Gerard stated that 2022 was the beginning of Israel's downfall. On Mar March 5th this year, Gerard predicted that a huge event will mark the beginning of Israeli downfall. So now this circulated widely. Uh, some people are saying that, hey, this means that Israel will cease to, cease to exist on July 5th, 2022. So they put a date down, July, I think, 5th. You can correct me on that, but I think it's July, somewhere in July. Israel will cease to exist. Um, and it's based on this prophecy by this, you know, Sheikh Bassam Jarrah from 1997. And that's essentially the background. So some people are believing this, they're being fanatical about it, and they're starting to perpetuate these attacks to begin 
you know, wiping Israel out to begin this downfall of Israel and fulfill this prophecy. Okay, so two things. Number one, how do we know that the Talmud prophecy is wrong? Well, first off, we know it's wrong because the Antichrist has to come before the return of Jesus does, right? Mm -hmm. It goes rapture, Antichrist, then the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. They, they don't see, the Jews don't see a rapture because they're looking at it from the Old Testament. The rapture is a New Testament thing that, that is a, a mystery that has been revealed in the New Testament. So they don't understand the rapture, nor do they understand Jesus. So they're forgetting about the rapture. They're also forgetting there's an Antichrist, which is clearly outlined in the Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah, the book of Daniel, yeah. um, and uh, in, 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 in other places um, in, the, in the Bible. Um, and third, they're not understanding that the Antichrist has to show up and then Jesus, the Messiah, shows up. So that's how come we know that the Talmudic prophecy is not a prophecy of God. And why what actually may, they may be alluding to might be the Antichrist. Uh, and I would, I would warn you very much if you're going to wrap yourself into that. That could easily be a prophecy for the Antichrist. I'm not prophesying right now. I'm just saying this could mean that the Antichrist is going to come on the table at the end of 2022. Beware, right? The second thing is, look at the other one, and we see some, some major problems with it in regards to Scripture and what we yeah. know is going to happen, right? Yeah. So my biggest objection to the Islamic declaration, I don't even want to call it a prophecy because I think that's just wrong, but the Islamic declaration is that um, this is leading and enticing people into war. I think that this is going to lead to the Psalm 83 war. And uh, Brother Ion, I, we've talked about this a few times. Um, he hasn't done a lot of research into it. I, I've done more research onto it, but I'm no expert on it. But this is kind of the instigating uh, little uh, skirmishes going on that's going to lead to that Psalm 83 war. Uh, and I think that this is what's going to expand Israel's territory not shrink Israel's territory. What you're going to see is Israel expanding according to Bible prophecy, okay? It's going to take more land. So there's a battle that has to come where Israel gains more land. They're going to go all the way up into Lebanon. They're going to go more south. They're going to cover more parts. They're going to capture more of the area of Qumran uh, that is currently in Jordan's hand. Uh, they're going to get, gather more of that area, which means they're probably going to find more scrolls. Um, and so this is all important because this is going to fulfill Bible prophecy. It was declared that Israel's land was going to expand. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 49, Obadiah. Um, we know that there's going to be some sort of destruction of, of uh, Syria, Damascus, that they're going to take more land away from there. So all this is important. Uh, and I think it's leading to the Psalm 83 war. But I also want people to understand that uh, we need to look at this and go, these are signs that we're living in the last days. How are you living for Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I want to jump in there and just uh, go over another reason why this can be false. Because the last thing we want to see Christians doing is seeing this, quote unquote, you know, I'll say declaration as well, because I don't even want to call it prophecy. It's not biblical it's not true 
Um, if anything, it's, it's satanic, it's demonic, it's not even real, it's man's invention. Uh, but another reason why, you know, we, we know this is false, we don't want to see Christians running around panicking, oh no, you know, Muslims are going to wipe out Israel on July 5th or whatever, Israel's going to cease to exist. That's not true, that's not what God's word says. Every Friday, we come here and talk about prophecy, and our big focus most of the time is Israel, is the Middle East. Why? Because the Bible says it will be a focus in the last days, right? Um, the tribulation itself, the, the, the period of time uh, that will come upon the old world, that seven period, that seven years of time where we'll see the, the scroll judgments and the trumpet judgments, the, the bowl judgments, that period of time is for Israel. Daniel's seventh week, um, Jacob's trouble, right? Those are names for Israel. So how can we as Christians believe that Israel is going to cease to exist when the Bible says something completely opposite? So that's one reason. We know that the Bible prophesies something totally contrary to this. So that's why we know it's fate. Another reason is God still has a plan for his Jewish people. Um, he's still, he, you know, he's prophesied that he will bring them back to their land in the last days. And due to the covenants he has with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's going to put them in their land so that they can inherit the full, you know, boundaries of their land. And he's going to put his spirit within them, right? So that all Israel is saved, just as Paul says. Um, and Jesus prophesies about that as well. And, Matthew 23. But I want to go here because I love using this verse for the anti-Semitic Christians, which is which is just crazy to say that. Anti-Semitic Christians, the replacement theologians, right? People that say, oh, the church has replaced Israel. I want to go to Jeremiah 31, uh, verse 31 and 37. I'll read this because it talks about a new covenant. And in this new covenant, God himself says that, hey, if you want Israel to be wiped out, you know, the sun, the moon, the stars, they have to be wiped out first, and then Israel will be wiped out. So Jeremiah 31, 31, 37, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel. So this is still a future prophecy for the nation of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant I'll make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, but every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I'll forgive their iniquity and their sin will remember no more. And now here's, here it is. Here's the key portion of this. Verse 35. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day, the ordinances of the moon and the stars for light by night, who disturbs the sea and its waves roar, the Lord of hosts' name. If those ordinances, the sun, the moon, and the stars, if those ordinances depart from me, says Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundation of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast up all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, says the Lord. So, I mean, he just lists some impossible criteria there for Israel to be basically wiped out as a nation, right? If right. If you can measure heaven and earth, if you can, you know, if you can search the foundation of the earth beneath, if you can destroy the sun, moon, and stars, you got, you know, you actually have a chance of wiping Israel out. But that's not going to happen. And what's God, what Jesus, God is saying there is you have to do all that. Yep. You know, accomplish the destruction of israel and i think that yeah. that's an important thing the other reason why we really don't want to call these prophecies why these are declarations from the talmud the the, 
the the Hebrew Talmud and uh, um, the uh, Quran is for this. What is prophecy? And and this is important to understand. This is I uh, Io's favorite verse on this, by the way, also in the Book of Revelation, mm-hmm. um, and that is that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, right? And where do we get this from? Revelation chapter 10, 11. Um, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see that thou do not do this. I am a fellow servant of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. The testimony of, of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So these prophecies aren't, do not have the testimony of Jesus within them. Why? Because the Quran testifies to Muhammad, not Jesus. The Talmud testifies to a false Messiah, not Jesus. And that's why we know that we put our trust in the word of God and not in other things. Yeah, yeah. Revelation 19, 10, 11. Love it. Love it. And guys, um, for those who are listening who might still be wondering, why is the Quran or Islam false exactly? You know, we've done videos on that in the past, so we recommend you guys to watch it. And we'll be uploading soon. Um, videos we've done in the past on different religions like Hinduism and things like that on podcasts. So you guys can check that out in the future. Uh, but just to continue here in terms of the Middle East, um, again, the, you guys know the background of this uh, proclamation now, but going forward into Ramadan, this holy month period for Muslims in April, Hamas and these other uh, Muslims are, are ins- gonna incite violence. They're saying they're gonna incite violence so the Jerusalem Post, they're saying, will Iran use the Ramadan period to increase tensions with Israel? They said the recent series of terrorist attacks in Israel are of the sort that can easily cause violence to escalate and lead to Iran or its partners, such as Hamas and Hezbollah, to think it is time to challenge Israel. Another article here from 7 Israel National News. Hamas promises surprise this is during Ramadan. So they promise surprise during Ramadan. Um, a member of Hamas political bureau and a senior member of the terrorist organization said on Wednesday that the Israeli government's policy against the Palestinians and the provocations of Jewish extremists near the start of the month of Ramadan will cause the enemy to deal with the escalation of heroic actions. And they promise Ramadan will bring surprises. So why we're showing you guys this is that it seems that there's going to be some crazy stuff ramping up in April and May. And especially if you guys remember last May, we had a mosque fire 3,000 rockets into Israel. Um, so they, I think that around that time frame this year, something crazy might go down. Um, who knows it's going to go down, but we just have to keep our, our eyes on it and keep Israel in prayer. I know that I forgot if it was the president or the prime minister of Israel says, hey, everyone who has a license to bear arms, now's your time to do it. And that's why it's so important, too, that we have the Second Amendment. I didn't think I would go out on this. But just to see Israel, you know, with these terrorist attacks in the, hey, you guys got to bear arms, you guys got to protect yourself. Now we see how important it is to be able to protect ourselves, right? So I'll just stop there. You know, and, and this is important what you're bringing up. Um, I, and it is critical to understanding that there's a lot of sabotage going on within Israel. But there's also sabotage outside of Israel. And I want to bring this up. We've been talking about what Trump did to bring an alliance in um, among the Arab nations um, and how that was kind of a, a, a sign of, of prophecy that, that was being fulfilled of people protesting against the invasion of Ezekiel 38. But they're doing something that's devious here. Now, 
The Bible says, I will bless those that bless thee, referring to Israel. I will bless the people who bless Israel, and I will curse those that curse thee. Mm -hmm. It's been reported um, uh, by uh, JNS that the Biden cabinet is trying to ruin the alliance between Israel and the Arab countries in a potential war against Iran. It is clear that the Biden administration is pro-Iran. Okay? How, why? I have no idea. They kill millions of Christians. They hate Israel. They sponsor terrorism throughout the world. And they want to nuke Israel. And they're going to nuke Israel. That's what they're like. We're going to do this no matter what. We're going to nuke Israel if we get And the U.S. And the U.S. And the, right? The Biden administration has lost their mind in allying themselves and being so pro-Iran. This is a terrorist state. If you ever talk to Iranian and you go, hey, you're from Iran. Yes. Tell me something. What do you think of your government? I hate them. They're evil. They're horrible. They're not even Iranians. They're Arabs, they will tell you. That's what they will tell you. I know because I've asked this question thousands of times of Iranian customers. I've always asked them a question. Hey, I want to know, what am I missing out on what I'm seeing in the news? I always act like I'm stupid, right? And they tell me every time, oh, these people are bad. They're not even Iranians. They're not even Persians. We, we won't want them in our country, you know? And it's hilarious, you know, um, they, they're looking at this going, this is a bad idea. Yeah. And nobody who's from Iran, if you talk to them and say, what do you think of what the Biden is? Oh, bad move. We should not trust those guys. So Iranian Americans don't want Biden to do what he's doing. They want him to stop. Yeah. They're in agreement that this is just idiocy. But he's not listening. Yeah. And it's because they want to suppress the truth. And the wrath of God is coming on this country. And there needs to be repentance. We need to pray for President Biden. We need to say, President Biden, we forgive you for what you're doing, but you need to stop. You need to stop. You have to repent. Repent and believe in the gospel, President Biden. That's what our prayer needs to be for him. Um, I think that's important stuff that we just went over there. Um, and I agree with you. Uh, we're, we're seeing um, this, this stuff with these, with the Israelis being told, carry a gun. You need to protect yourself. Um, this is just going to lead to more. It, everything is instigating towards that Psalm 83 war, which I think precedes. It comes before the Ezekiel 38 war. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we are closing up on time here and I still have, there's still a I'm sure you have some things to talk about as well. But something I really wanted to bring up that's very interesting in terms of the technology. Uh, this is by Mirror. Humans could upload their brains to a metaverse to live longer, experts claim. <laughs> so, I mean, talk about transhumanism, right? We've been talking about this for years in terms of long life. And I want to bring up a verse. And uh, personally, I don't think I'm super sold on this interpretation, but I just want to bring it up in terms of uh, what people at least think. Um, and some of you guys might, this is the Revelation 9, the fifth trumpet judgment. Um, I want to talk about this first thing against the article. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, so, so the fifth trumpet locusts or locusts on the bottomless pit. I believe these are demonic beings that God will release. 
um, from the bottomless pits, torment people. And that's what it says there. So Revelation 9, verse 5, I'm going to start. It says, and they were not given authority to kill them, the, the people with the uh, mark of the beast, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And now verse 6. This is the verse that gets a lot of people. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They'll desire to die and death will flee from them. People have read that for years. And they've been like, do we get technology at that point in time where people can actually live forever? They can live hundreds of years. And I mean, obviously, we've been seeing people wanting to go down this route since the Garden of Eden, right? Right. Um, so it's no surprise here. But again, that's just an interpretation people have. But again, I just bring that up because it's interesting to see this technology. When we talk about transhumanism, five, ten years ago, people be like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, <laughs> this is what they're talking about. So the article says, you could upload your brain to the metaverse and live for over 150 years, an expert claims. Dmitry Itzkov, a Russian billionaire, part of the 2045 Initiative, a nonprofit organization that aims to increase lifespan, says that. He says the project argues that artificial bodies will appear by 2045, which will allow people to move out of their old bodies and into new ones with the help of the internet. Um, he says people will make independent decisions about the extension of their lives and the possibilities for personal development in a new body after the resources of the biology body have been exhausted. So, I mean, this is the, you know, upload your brain into the cloud or whatever, live for eternity deal we've been seeing in movies and whatever. And I believe, truly believe that mankind is trying to head to that place. How successful they'll be, I don't know. Um, they won't be able to live forever, though. And, and I read this, and I'm like, 150 years? Only 150 years? If you believe on Christ, you'll live forever. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a bogus deal. There's another verse, and I can't remember where it is, where it says they will call on the rocks to fall on them mm. who will not die. So there's another verse that, reference that references that as well. Um, and so there is this idea of this immortality that is there. I believe that this is a great deception that the Antichrist is going to use. Take the mark of the beast and you can live, right? Um, and I believe that, that what this is, is referring to is like a fake life because your soul is going to be dead. That's the problem. That's why Jesus said that the one who wants to save his life will lose it. But the one who wants to keep his life uh, or save his life will actually lose it right so it's 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 giving that jesus is giving that double parallel paradox yeah. and i think he's referring to the mark of the beast that it is actually the death of the soul that's why if you take the mark of the beast you cannot become saved you cannot repent of your sins you're unsavable um uh, from a salvation standpoint and so I think this is really good. Oh, and Cody puts up the verse up there, Revelation 6, 16. Thank you, Cody. So I think this is a real reference to the mark of the beast. It's part of the one of the, the what we call the 666, the transhumanism, the economic, um, and uh, what we call the, um, the soulless factor in there. Yeah, yeah. And just to kind of wrap up here, I don't know if you had another article, but just to end up on some good news here. Um, we often talk about Christian persecution. We've noted about this story here in the past. Uh, so this was from Harbinger's Daily. Finnish court unanimously clears Christian politician of all hate speech charges, quoting the Bible apparently legal after all. Um, so this is for some background. The article says, it all began when Rasanen shared her Christian beliefs on Twitter in 2019 surrounding marriage and sexuality. 
In the tweet, she asked how a church's leadership could biblically justify taking part in sinful homosexual pride celebrations, including verses from Romans 1, 24, 27. We often go to Romans 1. That 2019 tweet, along with the 2019 radio interview and or 2004 pamphlet, caused the former interior minister. So she's not just some random person on the street. She's an interior minister, meaning that she's a politician. She's, you know, kind of up there in the Finnish government. So it caused her to endure pol multiple police interrogations where they questioned her on her beliefs in charge of hate speech. Um, so again, that, this was a thing from 2019, uh, but thankfully the court has rejected this. So now the last part of this article says the battle for religious freedom, which garnered worldwide attention, received an incredible court victory Wednesday with the district court unanimously, unanimously dismissing all charges of hate speech. So thank God. This According is in Finland. Yeah. Finland, another country. Yeah. So according to a press release from Alliance Defending Freedom, the Helsinki, Helsinki judges concluded that it is not for the district court to interpret biblical concepts and order the prosecution to pay over 6,000 euros in legal costs. So it's the big win um, for this. Because a lot of times, you know, we see these people go to court and the leftist courts, the courts who are just totally God-hating, just totally, you know, reject things and say, hey, you know, this is hate speech, we're going to ban the Bible, whatever. But this is a great victory for this Christian lady. And it's also going to set a precedent for believers in the future in terms of whether they can be able to quote the Bible at all or not. So this yeah. is a great thing. Yeah. Hey, one more thing. Speaking of censorship, we want to remind you that we're seeing a lot of censorship taking place here on Instagram. Um, and uh, remember, we, we don't ask for money. We don't want money. We don't even have a site for you to donate. Um, we do Fig Tree Watchers purely out of our heart, um, and that's the way we want to keep it. But what we are noticing is quite a bit of censorship. Um, in fact, Brother Io and I were talking about this, um, is I'm noticing that his feed is not coming up on my um, Instagram slides, um, and uh, the Fig Tree Watchers isn't coming up on his slides, and we follow it, right? We're part of it. Um, and so we want to remind you, click the bell, make sure you hit a like, make sure you um, click all the notifications on there, make sure you're following Fig Tree Watchers, um, and then do the same on the podcast, and, and always leave comments. The more comments you leave, the more likes you leave, the more that it continues in the feed. But we're watching also the number of followers just shrinking, and it doesn't make sense when when the viewership is at an all-time high. So we're seeing the viewership um, at an all-time high, and it's not matching the number of followers. Um, and uh, we chuckle about it all the time uh, that we're seeing how many people are viewing, but it's not matching the number of followers. So please make sure you hit the bell, hit all the notifications, um, and uh, – um, and also make sure you hit the likes and, and make a comment. Uh, keep them positive, we ask. Um, no cussing in there if you don't mind. Um, and then um, also on the podcast, make sure you like the podcast and uh, leave a comment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, guys, we leave tonight. You know, we've gone over a lot of stuff, food shortages, <laughs> transhumanism, Israel, you know, fake Muslim prophecies, quote-unquote, um, globalism. So how do we tie that all in? So we want to tie that all in, obviously, by pointing to Jesus, right? These are crazy times we're living in. Um, it reminds me, my church is doing, um, they've been doing um, Bible prophecy sessions. So my pastor, Mark Henry, 
is he knows Jan Markell. So they've been getting Jan Markell and other preachers in. Last time I did something, I think in February. And then she's talked about how someone sent her email, faux believer, sent her email, you know, kind of crying like, oh my gosh, you know, times are crazy, whatever. And, and I get that and a lot of us have been there, but Jan Markell asked a question that's very smart that we should be asking ourselves. She said, what did you expect the end times to look like? <laughs> Which is a funny question. What did you expect the last days to look like, right? Paul says these will be perilous times. Uh, so our exhortation to you as believers, if you're a believer watching this, you believe in the Lord for your salvation, look unto Christ. All these things only mean that just Christ is coming soon. If the tribulation is right around the corner, the rapture that precedes it is even closer. So we exhort you to holy live, and we exhort you that this should, you know, fill you with joy. It shouldn't scare you. It should make you happy, concerned what's to come. And if you're not a believer, that we, you know, we exhort you as well. We encourage you and kind of plead with you, believe on Christ now. Yeah, we do not want you to go through the tribulation, that terrible period of time that is coming. And don't mistake it. All these things we're talking about is only a shadow of what's to come. As bad as the food shortages and the, the, the COVID and war and rumors of war and all these things, violence, whatever, as bad as that is, it's only a walk in the park. We're living in peaceful times compared to what the tribulation will be. So you don't want you to go through that time. So believe on Lord Jesus Christ now. Um, he died for your sins, was buried, and rose again three days later. Um, and, and if you believe in him, you'll have eternal life, and you won't go through the tribulation. So that's Amen. something that we want to exhort both of you, whether you're a believer or a non-believer. Amen. Amen. Absolutely correct. Um, that, is, that is really awesome. So with that being said, Thank you so much. And then tomorrow night, I'm going to be on um, with a Saturday Apologetics. It'll just be me. We're going to have an interesting discussion. We're going to continue in this theme of dealing with oppression, but we're going to look at it from an apologetic standpoint. We're going to talk about why is forgiveness, forgiving others, a critical part of dealing with the oppression of the world um, and, uh, and, and uh, stopping the... Um, the tormenting of the soul here while we're living on this planet from what we see and what we hear. How can we in involve forgiveness as part of that? We're going to look at the apologetic standpoint of why Christians believe in forgiveness and forgiving others. That'll be tomorrow night. Sounds good. Well, with that being said, have a great night, guys. So we will catch you tomorrow on Apologetics as well. See you. Good night, everyone.